Good evening. Welcome to Trinity Lutheran Church. I'm Pastor Bibb, and a special welcome to guests or visitors joining us for this, our second midweek Advent service, as we continue through the series on the scene Yahweh, Christ in the Old Testament. And for our second week, the theme of the service is the name of Yahweh, and so we'll see that as it is reflected in our scripture readings from Exodus 34 and also Philippians chapter 2. A special note about the service when we come to our office hymn, which will be 334. Uh, that'll be sung to an alternate tune, and the tune is uh, going to be from O Sacred Head Now Wounded, uh, so it might strike you as a little strange. It's Advent, we're singing an Advent hymn with a Lenten tune, uh, but they're actually both. Both hymns are written by Paul Gerhardt, O Sacred Head Now Wounded, and O Lord, How Shall I Greet Thee? Um, and I think you'll find that that tune fits quite nicely with the words that are there as we're in this penitential season, waiting for the Lord's return, and also anticipating our upcoming celebration of the incarnation of our Lord Jesus Christ. The service is evening prayers. It begins on page 243, and that does begin with the procession of light. So if you'll give me just a moment, uh, I'll make my way to the back of the sanctuary, and then the service will begin. The first reading is from Exodus chapter 34. The Lord said to Moses, Cut for yourself two tablets of stone like the first, and I will write on the tablets the words that were on the first tablets which you broke. Be ready by the morning, and come up in the morning to Mount Sinai, and present yourself there to me on top of the mountain. No one shall come up with you, and let no one be seen throughout all the mountain. Let no flocks or herds graze opposite that mountain. So Moses cut two tablets of stone like the first, and he rose early in the morning and went up on Mount Sinai, as the Lord had commanded him, and took in his hand two tablets of stone. The Lord descended in, a cloud, in the cloud and stood with him there, and proclaimed the name of the Lord. The Lord passed before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, keeping steadfast love for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, but who will by no means clear the guilty, visiting, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children and the children's children to the third and fourth generation. And Moses quickly bowed his head toward the earth and worshipped. And he said, If now I have found favor in your sight, O Lord, please let the Lord go in the midst of us, for it is a stiff-necked people, and pardon our iniquity and our sin, and save us. Or inheritance. And he said, Behold, I am making a covenant. Before all your people I will do marvels, such as have not been created in all the earth or in any nation. And all the people among whom you are shall see the work of the Lord, for it is an awesome thing that I will do with you. O Lord, have mercy on us. The second reading is from Philippians chapter 2. Have this mind among yourselves, which is yours in Christ Jesus, who, though he was in the form of God, did not count equality with God a thing to be grasped, but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant, being born in the likeness of men. And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, 
so that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. O Lord, have mercy on us. Grace, mercy, and peace be to you from God the Father and from our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Jesus is Lord. Christians have no problem making this confession. Indeed, St. Paul says, I want you to understand that no one speaking in the Spirit of God ever says Jesus is accursed. And no one can say Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit. The confession, Jesus is Lord, is part and parcel of being a Christian. St. Peter proclaimed this truth as well in his Pentecost sermon, saying, Let all the house of Israel therefore know for certain that God has made him both Lord and Christ, this Jesus whom you crucified. We have no problem confessing this truth, and yet when it comes to the Old Testament, we hesitate. Why? When you read the Old Testament, who or what do you picture when you read the phrase, the Lord? Again, St. Paul teaches us in Romans 10, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So let's explore this in light of our scripture reading from Exodus this evening. First, we're going to get a little context. God had brought his people out of the land of Egypt with great power and with a mighty hand. Then while Moses was up on Mount Sinai with the Lord, receiving the Ten Commandments from the Lord... Israel turned away from God and, with the help of Aaron, worshipped the golden calf. A great number of people committed idolatry and worshipped this false god. As punishment, 3,000 were put to death by the sword. And those that did not die by the sword had a plague sent upon them by the Lord. The Lord was ready to leave his people Israel because of their sin and unbelief, but Moses prayed for them. In his mercy... The Lord listened to Moses' prayers on behalf of Israel and promised to go with them to Canaan, the land which the Lord had promised to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Now, before departing for the promised land, Moses asked the Lord to show him the glory of the Lord. In response to this request, the Lord said to Moses, I will make all my goodness pass before you and will proclaim before you my name, the Lord. And I will be gracious to whom I will be gracious, and will show mercy on whom I will show mercy. But he said, You cannot see my face, for man shall not see me and live. Now that brings us to our reading this evening. Because the Lord says this to Moses, Cut for yourself two tablets of stone like the first, and I will write on the tablets the words that were on the first tablets which you broke. Be ready by the morning, and come up in the morning to Mount Sinai, and present yourself there to me on top of the mountain." So Moses cut two tablets of stone like the first, and he rose early in the morning and went up on Mount Sinai as the Lord had commanded him, and took in his hand two tablets of stone. Now stop and think about this for just a moment. Put yourself in Moses' shoes. God called you to speak before Pharaoh and to bring Israel out by the word and power of God. And the Lord kept his promise. He was with Moses and with Israel. So Israel comes out to Mount Sinai after witnessing all the wonders that God had done. Everything, the plagues, the Passover, the Red Sea, all of it. And then they turn away from God in gross idolatry. Moses is shaken. And you would be too if you were in his shoes. He's fearful. And you would be too. 
He knows that he and all, what he and all of Israel needs more than anything. They need the Lord's presence with them. Apart from the Lord, Moses and Israel have nothing and neither do we. So Moses makes two tablets of stone again according to the Lord's command. Moses climbs the mountain again and then it happened. The Lord descended in the cloud and stood with Moses there and proclaimed the name of the Lord. The Lord passed before him and proclaimed, The Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, keeping steadfast love for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin, but who will by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children and the children's children to the third and fourth generation. And what is Moses' response? Worship and prayer. Moses quickly bowed his head toward the earth and worshiped. And he said, if now I have found favor in your sight, O Lord, please let the Lord go in the midst of us. For it is a stiff-necked people. And pardon our iniquity and our sin and take, for us, take us for your inheritance. More than anything else in the world, Moses wants the Lord to go with he and Israel and to forgive all their sin. To be with God and to be counted as God's inheritance was worth more than anything in the world. Folks, Moses got it right. And the Lord said to Moses, Behold, I am making a covenant. Before all your people I will do marvels such as not, have not been created in all the earth or in any nation. And all the people among whom you are shall see the work of the Lord. For it is an awesome thing that I will do with you. Dear saints, it is the Lord, Jesus Christ, who brought you out of spiritual bondage. With outstretched arms on the cross, the Lord was pierced for our transgressions, crushed for our iniquities. Christ, our Passover lamb, has been sacrificed. Raised from the dead, he will never die again. Death no longer has mastery, dominion over him or any who bear his holy name. As God brought his people Israel through the Red Sea, we have been brought through the waters of holy baptism, cleansed, redeemed, set free. What Christ won for you on the cross was sprinkled upon you when the Lord joined his word to water and put upon you his holy name. When you were baptized in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, you were joined to the Lord, the Lord, a God merciful and gracious, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love and faithfulness, keeping steadfast love for thousands, forgiving iniquity and transgression and sin. Jesus is Lord. And all who call upon him in faith will be saved. Indeed, no one can confess Jesus is Lord except in the Holy Spirit. Just as surely as the Lord Jesus revealed his glory to Moses on Mount Sinai, the Lord Jesus reveals his glory to you as the crucified and risen one, the Son of God, he who dwells with you and goes with you by his Spirit and in his word and sacraments. You, dear church, are the true spiritual Israel. You are Israel who is wandering through the wilderness of this world. We are sojourners in a foreign land, called, gathered, and enlightened by the Holy Spirit and sanctified with his gifts, waiting for the day when the Lord Jesus Christ will bring us into the promised land of eternal paradise. However, as it was for Israel in their wanderings, so it is for God's spiritual Israel now. There are those who do not believe. There are those who grow impatient for the Lord's return and, like the Israel of old, are tempted to worship other gods, thinking that the Lord will pay no attention or simply not care. 
When the Lord revealed his glory to Moses, we love those words about his mercy, his grace, his slowness to anger, right? We love to hear of the Lord's willingness to forgive iniquity, transgression, and sin. But we don't like the rest. Now, to be clear, we should love the grace and mercy of the Lord, and we do with good reason. We're sinners. We deserve death and hell. We need the Lord's mercy and grace and forgiveness. Otherwise, we're lost. We're toast. However, we cannot simply ignore or pass by those other words he spoke to Moses just because they might make us a little uncomfortable. The Lord who will by no means clear the guilty, visiting the iniquity of the fathers on the children and the children's children to the third and fourth generation. But what does that mean? It's a Lutheran question, isn't it? The guilty are those whose sin remains on them. Those whose sin is not forgiven. And what sin is there that the Lord will not forgive? Unrepentant sin. In other words, the Lord is overflowing with grace and mercy for sinners who are sorry for their sins. But for those who love their sin and do not care that it angers the Lord and separates them from the Lord, they are counted as guilty ones. The Lord will by no means forgive the unbeliever. Rather than Jesus is Lord, the confession of the staunch unbeliever is Jesus is accursed. Those who do not call upon the Lord in faith will not be saved. Dear saints, as difficult as this may be to hear, we need to hear it. Oftentimes the false god or idol which the devil tempts us with is that of friends and family. We simply do not want to believe that it's possible for God to condemn someone we love. Yes, family can be an idol. Yes, friends can be an idol. How does this work? Well, we think to ourselves, I know my loved one isn't perfect, but God would never condemn them to hell. After all, God is merciful. Yes, God is merciful. God be praised for his mercy. In fatherly divine mercy and grace, he sent his son Jesus to be the payment, the propitiation for sin, the full payment for all sin. Jesus' death on the cross has atoned for it, has paid for the sins of all humanity, period. But that gift of God's forgiveness is received by faith. Again, St. Paul teaches us in Romans 10, if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. But those who reject Jesus as Lord also reject his blood-bought gifts of forgiveness, life, and salvation. And the way the devil lures Christians in is with this thought. Well, if God won't welcome my loved one into heaven, then I don't want to be there with him either. That is blasphemous unbelief. That's idolatry. May the Lord save us from such false thinking and false belief. Now make no mistake about it. The Lord loves all. And the Lord Jesus died and rose for all. The prophet Ezekiel says, As I live, declares the Lord, I have no pleasure in the death of the wicked, but that the wicked would turn from his ways and live. And St. Paul says that the Lord desires all people to be saved and to come to the knowledge of the truth. So what do we do, dear saints in Christ? We look to the faithful example of Moses. When the Lord revealed his glory to Moses, Moses worshipped the Lord, he confessed his sins, and he prayed for Israel. Moses got it right. To be with God and to be counted as God's inheritance was worth more than anything in the world. So also, like Moses, we come before the Lord Jesus, confessing our sins and trusting his mercy, and we pray for those we love. We pray that the Lord would lead them to repentance and faith in Jesus. 
We pray that the Holy Spirit would reveal their sin by the law and call them to faith by the gospel. In addition to your prayers, it means, well, actually being willing to have some potentially uncomfortable conversations with your loved ones who have wandered from the Lord and from his church. They expect it from me. I'm the pastor, right? That's my job. Sometimes it means more when it comes from you. Not that the Spirit is any less effective, but rather that sometimes people just in a human way listen more when it comes from the mouths of their loved ones and not the one that is technically obligated to deliver the message. You see, Christmas is sometimes the only time that we see some of these folks, whether they come to church or just can't make it this year. Chances are you'll see them at the family gathering even if they won't gather with God's family in God's house. So, dear saints, pray for them. Talk about church with them. Talk with them about Jesus, his birth, his cross, what that means, why we celebrate, what the purpose of all this is. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, the Lord has revealed his glory to you. In his miraculous conception, his virgin birth, his sinless life, his miracles, his preaching, the Lord has revealed his glory to you in his crucifixion, in his resurrection on the third day, and now as he comes to you in his word and sacraments. He has forgiven you all your sins, blotted out all your iniquity. You don't have to climb to the top of Mount Sinai to behold the Lord in his glory. In his mercy and in his grace, the Lord Jesus descended to you. He took on your flesh. And he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, that at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth. And every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. In his most holy and precious name. Amen. May the peace of God, which surpasses understanding, watch and guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Amen. Well, welcome and good evening. And I uh, pray that the Lord's blessing will rest upon you as you go through the rest of your week. Hope to see you here on Sunday as you are able to be here. Um, no schedule printed there in the bulletin, so uh, just bear in mind that really the next things that we have going on are uh, handbells tomorrow at 6 p.m. and then uh, our Sunday morning schedule. So uh, the Lord bless you and keep you. I hope to see you here uh, either Sunday or next week as you're able. Uh, I'll greet you at the door.